Take your balloons to the next level as we delve deeper into what truly makes a professional balloon artist with your host, Zivi Kivi. Now, welcome to the Balloon Artist Podcast. Hello, Balloon Artist Podcast Nation. Today we are in season one, and this is a special, so chapter 8.5. And this is a special to celebrate the end of WBC. It's a special to celebrate so many balloon artists all around the world that have jet lag. WBC 16 was awesome in New Orleans. Uh, we had such wonderful classes. The gems were phenomenal. You could actually see all kinds of groups of people learning from instructors and learning from one another and decorators and twisters sit together and, and just teach each other and share ideas. That was one of the best experience in the convention for me personally. And also, I cannot forget the impromptu jam that kind of became promptu jam once we've received a handful of balloons from the end of the second jam. So eventually we had a very nice jam in the lobby of the hotel in the coffee shop. And after about an hour, we had to move it to a small local pub called uh, Vic's Kangaroo. The joy and the fun just continued in the Kangaroo pub, which was awesome. We have today two very special guests. I'm talking about none other than Ted and Betty Vlamis from Pioneer Balloons, who, who are the president and vice president of Pioneer Balloons, who are the maker of Qualatex. The interview is very inspiring. It's uh, short and to the point. And you will hear it in a second. Before that, a few shout-outs and an announcement. So uh, I'm going to, sh to give a few shout-outs for people that uh, made my day in the convention. If I'm not uh, um, mentioning your name, it doesn't mean you didn't make my day. It just means that I have a jet lag and maybe I forgot specific name. So I apologize in advance. Uh, but from Australia, thanks and yo yo to Tina, Brandon, Barry, Nicole, and Matt Falloon. Uh, from Canada, Phileas Flash, uh, Derek Wong, Glenn, Crystal, Drew, and Dennis, the entire Canada team, and Lily. From the UK, the charming Sue Bowler, Mike Hurst, Amy Hyatt, and Emma Foster, and, uh, uh, and the lovely Miss Balloonverse. Uh, from the U.S., David and Shayna Brennan, Cam Woody, Andrea Noel, Dennis Scott, Jason Sakoda, Iris Rose, Lisa McKinter, and really everyone from Team USA, and Celedonia Martinez and his lovely wife Jennifer. Uh, shout out to Tim Wells who passed his CBA and for the entire group of, of QBNs that um, met Joette from theballooncoach.com and me and it was such a fun uh, evening before the uh, CBA practical exams and we did a, a nice discussion and uh, they basically they all passed so congratulations for becoming CBAs everyone 
um, from Japan, Takahiro Kai and Emi Jingu and the rest of the Japanese team who just scored and scored with the results of the competitions. You are all guys just awesome and an inspiration. From Brazil, a shout-out to Dante Longhi and from Belgium, a shout-out to Lick Bertrand. Also a very big, big shout-out to Guy Schaeffer from Israel who did his show, his balloon show, in the last day of the convention. And it was such a treat for everyone to see the show, to see how he just does some stuff with balloons that I never saw anywhere. And I think uh, a lot of people feel the same. So thank you, Guy, for sharing us, uh, sharing with everyone your talent and your awesome, awesome show. Thank you, everyone, for being so friendly in the World Balloon convention it was so much fun to hang out with everyone to drink a beer and to eat uh, jambalaya so thanks for everyone i also would like to announce the winner of the dylan jelinas chapter competition dylan jelinas was kind enough to offer all of his pdfs to one listener and the listener is tommy brown from australia Tommy Brown reminded uh, in the comment section of the show notes of the chapter with Dylan Jelinas about the idea of using a rose spray uh, in order to spray a little bit of scent onto your balloon rose. Uh, this is something that Dylan was uh, aware of but completely forgot and now will be adding it to his bag as soon as possible. Also, a shout out from Dylan Jelinas to JJ and his advice uh, is just uh, very practical and uh, the least uh, gimmicky as possible. And uh, even though we all love our gimmicks, there's a small, there's a shout out to JJ from Dylan as well. Uh, So uh, with all that in mind, I would like to invite you to listen to Ted and Betty in today's special chapter 8.5 of the Balloon Artist Podcast. Hello, Balloon Artist Podcast Nation. This is Zivi Kivi, and today we have a very special show. We are in New Orleans in the Hilton Hotel, and we are in the beginning of WBC 16. And what a pleasant gesture for us to meet today, Ted and Betty, who are the president and vice president of Pioneer, the maker of Qualtex, the very best balloons. So how are you feeling today, Ted and Betty? Oh, wonderful. This is so exciting. It's, it's we're just looking forward so much to seeing everybody, uh, old friends and new friends and, and uh, everybody around the world. Uh, it must have been uh, very hard to get ready for the convention and make sure everything is okay. Uh, Ted, how do you feel today now that the convention has already began? Well, it's very exciting. A lot of people have put a great deal of effort into making sure all the details are prepared. And it's just great fun to see it all come together finally. Uh, so in execution, a lot of activity going on all over the, uh, the hotel. Yes, uh, I, I can definitely testify for that. Uh, we are celebrating that uh, the, the brand, uh, the, the Pioneer company is now 100 years in the business of making balloons and making products. And there's a very nice uh, history wall uh, in the, near the reception in the welcome hall. And it's really interesting. When did you go into the balloon business? Uh, actually, we started in the balloon business in 1979, so um, that's a, a while ago, but it, 
it, it was, we never dreamed, we never dreamed that we would ever be doing what we're doing today when we started. Yes, uh, and it was one of those uh, situations that uh, uh, when someone said, we have a good opportunity for you in the balloon business, and I said, balloons? You know, who makes balloons? We didn't know anything about uh, balloon operations, so it was, uh, it was quite different. Yes, and so much has uh, passed since uh, 79. Uh, the Dicker world was uh, booming, and uh, now also uh, the, the twisting world, and everything is now combined together with lots of opportunities, uh, with quick links and with bubbles. So everyone are very excited to be here as well. I have a, qu- a few questions from the audience of the Balloon Artist Podcast show that I would like to uh, ask you. So the first thing I would like to ask you, Ted, um, what do you think will be in the future in the balloon business? Uh, what, what else can be done? I think that the, uh, the opportunities are unlimited. I think it's, uh, what we've seen is so much creativity, so much imagination uh, from the various artists that it's, we're not the ones to say uh, where it's going to go. I think those of you that uh, are uh, in the business of taking our simple products and making these fantastic creations, you're the ones that are going to really lay out the future and where we're going. And how open are you, Betty, for ideas from the community, from your customers? Uh, how, how close is the relationship with ideas that uh, spawn from, from the actual uh, market? Well, I think, I think we're always looking at the market. Uh, we get our ideas from the market, whether or not it's a customer, whether or not it's a distributor. Uh, people are out there. They're the ones that, that are, in, are very inspired and inspiring to us. I think the other thing is you're seeing a lot more of a cross-cultural influence in balloons because we have people, for example, here at the balloon convention from literally, I think it's 55 different countries. And so what's happening in one part of the world may influence something in the other. So I think the possibilities are really unlimited. Awesome. And uh, I know, Betty, that uh, you are the one that is uh, responsible for colors approvals. And that's something that we balloon artists are very excited and passionate. 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 Well, we're so passionate about And we just want you to just add and add more colors. So, so uh, can you tell us a little bit like the insides of choosing a new color? How hard is it? How many alternatives do you have? Uh, actually, color is, is a lot of chemistry in color. Now, I'm not a chemist. I can't even begin to tell you anything about the intricacies of what, what it takes. But I, I do know that basically color and latex don't like each other. So uh, it's sort of a, uh, it takes a while to develop a color. Some colors are, are more easily um, manufactured than others. Uh, and I know right now we're, we're working on some ideas. Now, I'm not going to say anything about them because we're always working on ideas. Uh, but some of the colors that, that people ask for, are some of them are more difficult to produce than others. Um, but uh, we're always working on that. Yes. When, when, when Betty says that the uh, uh, latex and color, they don't like each other, she's talking the chemistry yeah, is what, right. what they don't like each other. So, But uh, I think balloons love color. Oh, yes. well, yeah. I don't know. I, I was referring to the chemistry. Yes. And, uh, and obviously, you're also, uh, um, it's very important for you to make sure that it is uh, biodegradable. So you make sure that the color is not only matching the latex in the chemical level, but also... I, I think one of, the, one of the biggest challenges in color is that uh, as a balloon decorator, as a balloon artist, and you're using different sizes, and you want those colors to be consistent 
from one size to another or from one bag to another. So it's not just the color that's the challenge, it's the consistency of a color across different sizes and different batches. Um, Ted, in, in our uh, podcast, we talk a lot about uh, over-delivering you, to your customers. So the concept of over-deliver is something that uh, we try to encourage to make sure that people are giving an awesome experience to their customers. Uh, what do you think, uh, how, how, can, how does Pioneer uh, execute the concept of uh, over-deliver in your eyes? Uh, there's nothing more important uh, to all of us in Pioneer uh, to, is to make sure that our customers are satisfied uh, with the products they receive from us. So we try to go uh, the long, long way, the extra mile, to make sure that the product that you receive uh, is going to be the very best. So we have a lot of procedures set up. Uh, we differentiate between quality assurance and quality control. And the operative word for us is quality assurance. That means we have to make sure that we're preparing the, the product correctly before we even dip to make a balloon, that we make sure that all the process parameters of the lines are set properly before we make a balloon. All of that is critically important. That's why quality assurance uh, is so important to us. Quality control happens after we make the product, and then we check to see did we make it correctly. Uh, and of course we do that as well. But the, but the most important focus for us is to make sure we, uh, we concentrate on making sure that we follow all the exact procedures to make sure that that product is going to be terrific when it finishes. How many factories do you have that manufactures uh, the balloons? Uh, on the Latex side, we have four uh, dipping facilities. Uh, the two Qualtex plants are in uh, Dallas, Texas uh, and Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. Uh, and then in Ashland, Ohio, we dip what we call a second tier product, which goes into the more into the mass marketplace. Uh, and in Guadalajara, Mexico, uh, we have a dipping plant where we make what we call the toy balloons. Cool. And, and then we also, our uh, foil balloons are manufactured in El, El Dorado, Kansas. Uh, where uh, we also do a lot of latex printing and the packaging uh, and then distribution worldwide. What about the bubbles? Uh, the bubbles are presently made in Japan uh, and we have uh, exclusive rights for distribution around the world with the exception of Japan. Yes, so I've been thinking a lot about uh, our meeting today and tried to understand what is Pioneer's business, what do you sell? And I don't think what you sell is balloons. That's correct. So I would like to ask you, what is your business? We say that we're not in the balloon business. We say we're in the entertainment, decor, uh, and uh, social expressions, yeah. advertising businesses. And we use balloons as a medium to accomplish the best entertainment, the best decor, the best advertising, uh, and the best execution and delivery of social expressions. So it's a different way of looking at the business. I, th I think the other thing is we're very, we believe very much in education because we, we strongly believe that if we can, we can help and, and people learn how to, to do things with balloons, that they in turn uh, will, will be successful in their own businesses. 
Yes, and uh, I, I totally agree. It feels like uh, you're in the business of uh, making smiles and making people their day, and also in the event business. In the event business, by by you making uh, those conventions all around the world and here in uh, in New Orleans, making WBC. Uh, that's the kind of events that uh, will later create uh, more events and more decor and more smiling faces. So, uh, in in behalf of the community. I would like to say thank you. Thank you. Well, and one other thing, uh, if we go back uh, 30, 40 years ago, uh, balloons were considered for kids. Uh, we tried to look at that very differently, and we said balloons are for the kid inside of each one of us. So it doesn't make any difference what our ages are. And what, what the professionals like yourself do is you show people how how much fun balloons can be. It doesn't make, make any difference if it's a small child or if it's a 90-year-old uh, adult. Uh, they, everybody loves balloons. Yes. <clears throat> um, so can you tell us a little bit, Betty, about how do you think about uh, new products? How do I think about them? Yes, what's the process? How long is it? Oh, okay, the process. Actually, we, we're always looking for new products. We're always, uh, part of it is we, we get ideas that are sent to us at times. Uh, sometimes they're, they're great ideas, but it's not just the idea of what is the new product. It's the ability to take that idea and to make it into to a reality. And there's a lot more that goes into the process of a new product than just the idea. So uh, we, we do have people that are working. We have uh, on, on this, as I say, we collect our ideas from, from really everybody, everywhere. And sometimes the things that come through, um, you, you get an idea, and then you have to work at it, and you have to execute it. Sometimes it comes together. Sometimes, quite frankly, the new ideas may not work. But um, it's, it's a process. How many products that are new do you uh, come out come up with uh, every year, roughly? Oh, now, your or maybe I should differentiate between a new product and a new design, because a new product to me is something that that is brand new. It's innovative. It hasn't perhaps hasn't been seen before, yeah. or it's an improvement of something that is already out there. A new design is very different because you we're doing. Oh, I think we had 250 new designs and there are new. You could say new products, but they're, they're yeah. designs in the catalog uh, this year. And those we have a we have a wonderful, wonderful uh, creative department. I think there are about 22 people in that department. We we call it sort of an internal ad agency because we also work very closely with marketing. And they're they're on the internet. They're listening. They're out there. Uh, the the creativity and imagination of these people is is amazing but most of all it's it's not just theirs it's listening to what the customer wants and trying sometimes to anticipate what they want their other challenge is is also understanding that there we are in so many different markets in so many different areas that to come up with a design or product that appeals to everybody is a challenge uh, but sometimes you hit them and they're wonderful other times, people really are looking for niche products, something that really speaks to them in their market. So we have to do all the above. Yes. We, we also uh, also uh, look at ancillary products because a, a part of our mission is to help all the balloon professionals uh, have more success in business. And the, the, the broader we can help 
them uh, offer solutions to their customers, the better off we're all going to be. So we're constantly looking at what, what can enhance the core of the uh, balloon business. Awesome. I would like to ask you about uh, this uh, old debate uh, of, uh, of maybe a, a conflict or a separation in the art between balloon twisters and balloon stackers. And uh, what is your view on this uh, kind of uh, street talk about uh, between balloon artists? Uh, I, think, I think they're all artists. And uh, the balloons of the medium, I would say, yeah, it, it's interesting to see, you know, the, the term stackers, I think, is one that, that uh, evolved over time. Uh, but today, it's, it, there's a mix of, of, I've seen twisters take round balloons or, or geos and make marvelous things out of them. I think today, if you would talk to a decorator and they don't know how to do some twisting, then they're missing out on a great deal of value they can add to whatever creation they're making. So I think the two are really coming together. Uh, I don't see a conflict. I see a separation of art that is now uh, overlapping more and more. So I think as, uh, as traditional twisters uh, look at the opportunities for growth in their business by adding some decor ideas, mm -hmm. uh, then that's crucial. And likewise for the decorators, Betty said, uh, when they can learn some twisting techniques, it adds to their execution of decor. So I don't see it as a conflict. I think it's very, very complementary. Uh, and I think that the, the, the leading professionals in the field today are very definitely showing us the way on how to cooperate between what traditionally has been two separate areas of, of our industry. Yes, and it's enough to go into the large sculpture room uh, to understand that there is no uh, round balloons artists and uh, line balloons artists. All the, the balloon artists are just uh, professionals of uh, sculpturing, uh, sculpturing and uh, the medium is balloons. Right. Well, I, I definitely agree. I think uh, I don't. I can't recall uh, a sculpture in the last I don't know how many years that was strictly just round balloons. I, I, they don't exist anymore. Yeah, that, that just doesn't make any sense anymore. Uh, I have a few messages for uh, from uh, people from the audience of the show. Uh, so uh, we have, we have a request for uh, navy blue. Uh, color. I do know about it. And also uh, neons, the same colors, but just to have them on five inches and on three fifties. Yes. I hope. Now I'm aware of those two. Yes. And um, Ori Livni from Israel, uh, who is a CBA, I want to thank you personally for the spring color, the spring green, uh, which is really a, a wonderful color. And Celedonia Martinez asks, uh, why did you decide to get into the balloon business? Oh, that's an that's a interesting question, but also a very long one. Uh, but the short answer uh, is that uh, we were looking for something to do. Uh, and uh, we came across the opportunity to get into the balloon business. We knew nothing about it. But what was also very interesting is to make balloons is a process industry. And my background with General Mills making Wheaties and Cheerios, cornflakes, products like that is also a process industry. So it wasn't as strange to me as it might appear to go from food manufacturing into balloon manufacturing. So, uh, and, and we looked at a business and said, you know, this could be interesting. Uh, 
It's been around forever. This is in 1979, uh, and yet the last five, six years, it hasn't grown at all. So we thought, well, if we can bring just a little bit of marketing to uh, a product that's been around forever, maybe we can make a nice little business out of it. <laughs> yes, indeed. And uh, so many people now uh, earn a living uh, using Qualtex brand. Uh, also, Annie Banani and Buster Balloon says hi. Hello. Hi. I'm, I'm back. Yes. <laughs> yes. And uh, they will be uh, on the show as well on the podcast. Yeah. Um, so before we wrap up, I would like to ask, uh, do you have any uh, tip for someone who is starting in the balloon business? Oh, a tip. first of all, I think you have to be passionate uh, about anything you're doing. You, you're, and it does, I don't mean you have to be passionate just about balloons, but you have, to, you have to enjoy what you're doing. We have a saying in Pioneer that the, at the end of the day or at the end of a couple of days, you've got to have at least 51% fun. And I think that's what it starts with. The other thing I would say is look at it as a business. Uh, if it's only a hobby or something like that, uh, I think there's a lot more to it than just a love of balloons you you've got to look at it and say how how am i going to how am i going to make that business successful and any business in order to be successful is going to have to have some sort of a bottom line to sustain itself so i would i would say as far as that is concerned be passionate about the balloons love the balloons but also do your homework and learn about business in general and uh, i love uh, that uh, idea of uh, 51% fun <laughs> you know i i I would, I would really second what Betty's saying. Um, of course, live your dream. Uh, by the same token, uh, learn how to really uh, make it a business. Because in the final analysis, you have to pay rent and you have to put food on the table. Uh, and it's important to learn how to, how to build it into a profitable business. And that's what we try to do with our educational programs, is not just teach techniques and decor ideas and twisting ideas, what we really uh, are set on doing is teaching business skills so that every professional uh, can make a good, solid living uh, out of this wonderful world of balloons. Cool. So thank you so much for your time. It was such a pleasure to, to meet with you and to interview you to the podcast. And uh, we will see you later in the convention. Oh, thank you very much. It's, it's been our pleasure. We just, anytime we get a chance to talk about about this wonderful world that we're in, we just love it. <laughs> thanks, Evie, and thanks for all the service that you're doing for the many wonderful people out there to listen to your broadcasts. Thanks so much, Ted, and see you soon. Hello and welcome to the tip section of chapter 8.5. That's the special in season one where Ted and Betty were interviewed. And today's tip is just a, a funny bit of business that you can do when you pop a balloon. And that is basically that you are going to do a funeral for the popped balloon. And uh, I had the opportunity of uh, watching an Israeli clown do this, uh, and uh, it's just so funny. He picked up the, uh, the, the bits from the popped balloon, and he basically uh, made some hum music of a ceremony of someone dying and uh, basically buried the balloon into some... Uh, trash 
It was very funny. He, he actually gave a few words about the popped balloon. He reminded us all of how colorful it was and how uh, full of air it was before he popped. And it was just a funny little bit of business that you can uh, try and uh, implement if it fits your style and your character. Uh, I know I'm going to play around with it. It's a cool idea. So I hope you enjoyed the tip of today and see you soon. The Balloon Artist Podcast is brought to you by... Did it ever happen to you that someone asked for a yellow sword and you just didn't have any 260Q yellow? Well, it happened to me and I was so embarrassed of how unprofessional that is that I felt like I have to remember I have to remember next time to buy that yellow to 60s for a long time it happened to me that I just didn't have a good place to write down what is missing for me that's where the idea for the balloon stock up was born you can buy the balloon stock up for a very reasonable fee by looking for balloon stock on your mobile store, either on your iTunes or on your market. The balloon stock app supports a list of balloons that you choose their destiny. Maybe it's a list of your inventory. Maybe it's a list of what you want to buy. Maybe it's a list of balloons for a project. But the main thing is that this list is very easy to compile because of the auto search feature, because of the search by icon feature, because of the different filters. And after you compile that one list, it's so easy. You just press the cart icon and you can email the list either to yourself or to yourself and to your balloon provider according to your needs. Everything is super simple. I intend to put more features into the balloon stock app as soon as we have enough people on board. And I encourage you to try it out. The balloon stock app is available now. I hope you enjoy balloon stock app. And thank you for supporting it.